Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 34, featuring a review of the brand new horror film, Alive. I am one half of your hosting duo, JP, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania on this September 26th, 2020. And joining me tonight, as always, is the one and only short-haired Carly. (laughs) Yeah, I have short hair now. Yeah, like a boy. Uh, oh, no, but, uh, yeah, we back. Um, some may say we pod faded, some may be wrong. Dude, it was like one week. I felt like we pod, I was scared. It was weird because, like, I don't know, now that 22 Shots is back, like, my recording schedule is hella aft because yeah. I can only record on... I can record any day, but it's just that I don't get home till midnight, and you work in the AM, so it's like, it's really hard. I almost, I'm almost gonna have to do doubles and record before 22 shots, uh, to make this work. Right, right. Yes, it sucks. I mean, I, uh, I always say I'm open to recording after you were done with work, but on you know during the weekday days but then the time comes and i'm like oh no i don't want to do that because it'll be like 2 a.m and i have to go to sleep and stuff like that so basically this is all your fault and you suck right right sorry sorry but yeah so um our last episode was the drive-in extravaganza which feels like so long ago now yeah how many how long ago was it It was like, that was like the first weekend of September, and now we're in the last weekend of September. We really didn't do. Well, we posted that episode on the week of the 7th. Yeah. We recorded. Like, if we post this episode like today or tomorrow, we technically only missed one week. Yeah, right. It just feels longer. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I hate missing weeks on this show because it is like such a weekly show. But yeah. So anyway, uh, it's like balls deep into October Eve. <laughs> that it is. That it is. And I'm just. I. I mean, I've been excited. It's been the weather's been very fall-like lately, which I like. Except for today, it's actually kind of hot. But um. And the leaves are starting to fall and change colors, and everything's spooky. People are decorating. I've been, you know, buying decorations here and there at Dollar General and Walmart and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I usually, I start my Halloween excitement in September because I feel like October just goes too fast. I know. I'm not prepared. I'm literally yeah. not prepared. Like, I'm, I look down and it's the 26th. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, October 1st is next week, and I'm not prepared. Yeah. it's a, It, it kind of sucks, because, like, you anticipate this time of year, all year, and then you it's almost like you're nervous when it comes around, because you feel like you have to do so much and appreciate it so hard while it's here. I always stress myself out, but I'm trying to be more chill. This year, I've been watching, uh, now that, you know, Summer Series is done, and we recorded a 91 show on 22 Shots, I've been trying to watch more of just anything I kind of want and that's been nice it's been a little more laid back and in October I try to do that anyways watch take some time to watch what I really want to watch and like you know just some old stuff that like 
the Halloween films and things like that that I've seen a million times and don't really have to watch, but I want to. So, that's what I've been doing right now. Um, trying to think. Also, I pre-record all my 31 Days of Horror Hair, so those are almost done <laughs> for my YouTube. I am not almost done. I actually am only one day ahead at this point. Right. Yes. I'm on day 25. I just do it for content on my, I, I don't know, I did it, I've done it before just straight in October and then recorded a video, but I just struggled too hard. It, it's easy to watch 31 movies, but it's not easy to find the motivation to record a video every day, so I decided just to make content for my channel. I do it kind of throughout the year, and then when October rolls around, I still kind of do a 31 Days of War for just myself and not for the yeah, people. You know you can kind of, schedule uh, and upload Right. Are you all scheduled? Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been uploading, because I, I did these videos, like, off my phone, and you can't, that's that option's not on there on YouTube, but I've just been putting them all in private. The last few years, I've done the schedule. You have a nice camera. Schedule. Why are you using your phone? Because I don't feel like uploading it to the computer every day. I'm lazy. I do, I use my camera for, like, updates and when we make, like, out and about videos and stuff like that, but... For like basic reviews, I always just grab my phone and then upload it and then put it on private and then wait. I mean, I've ha been having fun watching um, a movie a day. I mean, I've been watching a movie a day for the entire year, right? At least, like my count right now. Um, like my count right now for. Total, I think I'm at 395 for the year. Jeez. Yeah. I'm at 360. Yeah, I'm at 396. I just finished 396. That's crazy, buddy. What are you at? 360. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm not really competing. I mean, I'm just <laughs> Oh, no, I, I just did 397 last night, so... Yeah, uh, pretty good, you know, and um, that's over one a day for sure. Yeah. There were some weeks there, because I have, like, Letterboxd Pro, and mm. there were some weeks there where I totally, totally dropped the ball. Like, I'm looking, you can look at, like, you know, all your weeks, mm. and, like, how many you watch per week. Okay, so, my worst week ever was... was july 1st through the 7th i watched one uh two movies that week bang yeah my best week ever was april 8th through the 14th my birthday week i watched 22 <laughs> which is just insane when i think about it that's like almost if i just did that i'd be done with 31 days of horror <laughs> Yeah, it is crazy. I remember when you did that, when you watched all those moves. Yeah, I was watching, like, four a night when I got home. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, even after that, like, before that, 15, 15, 16, like, all in a row there. And mm. then uh, I had another, like, 18 week. But lately it's been, like, looking at my pattern here, 8, 8, 9, 10, 10, 14, 9, 3, 14, <laughs> 8, 14. Seems like my average is like 8 to 10. Seems like what I'd normally hit. Mm -hmm. But my my true average 
is 10.1 43.9 a month oh i see letterbox sure. tells you all that and then uh it tells you like some other cool stuff like uh most of my films were the u.s i had uh, uk is second canada is third and italy is fourth with japan at five and actually germany at four under that which is surprising yeah uh my most common rating this is a bit surprising four stars i rated 108 films out of those 360 some a four star rating i feel like mine would be three and a half probably my second is three and a half with 105 Ooh. And I have given out 5.5 films this during that time. <laughs> so that's funny. And at 28 fives, my most watched actor is Corey Feldman with six films. Barbara Crampton tied with Corey Feldman at six films. David Warner at five films. And Lance Hendrickson at five films. Lin Shea at five films. My most watched director, Wes Craven with seven films. Frank Hennenlotter right under that with four. And yeah, that's about it. About it. Letterboxed. Yeah, I love Letterboxed. It's one of the coolest things. Yeah, I kind of just log my stuff. I don't get into it like you, where I look at all that stuff all the time. But I should, cause well, you it, have it, to I think pay the, uh, to look at this stuff. Oh, well, I don't have money, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, the 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 thing with the letterbox is, um, they have a pro version. It's only like, I think, during Black Friday, it's twenty bucks for the year. Yeah. Which is worth it. Then you can see all that stats. It's pretty neat. It's pretty cool to see, like, you know. What, who, who, what actor you watch the most? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's kind of weird when you think, because you wouldn't think like, oh, I watch all these Corey Feldman films. I'm a diehard Corey Feldman fan. And then you look at that and you're like, oh, I did. Well, it's funny because like the last couple years, um, Dario Argento had been my most watched. Oh, here's an interesting thing. You can actually filter it to all time. So as you know, I've logged, I went back and re-logged films from um, 19, or sorry, 2012 all the way up till now, like, because I kept a logbook in 2012. It just was a lot smaller. Um, and so you could see after, you can look at all the films you've ever logged. And the mm. most films I've ever logged was from the year 2019 with 93 movies. Jeez. Yeah, so 93 films are from the year 2019. And the <laughs> second highest is all like 2018, 2017, 2016. Like, those are all the highest. The highest not counting those is uh, 1985 with 65 films. And then, surprisingly enough, 1972 with 60 uh! Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and then it also gives you your stars for you know all your films. So the most guy I've ever watched is Lance Henriksen with nineteen different movies. Cool. 
the second most is Kane Hodder with 18, then Tony Todd with 18. Get this, Lynn Shea with 18. Wow, yeah. interesting. The weirdest one on there is George Buck Flower with 17. I don't know who that is. Um, I know him, but I don't at the same time. Like, he's, yeah. he's, these are the list of films that he's in. Puppet Master The Legacy, Wishmaster, Village of the Damned, Body Bags, Warlock 2, Waxwork 2, 976 Evil 2, Puppet Master 2, uh, Back to the Future 2, They Live, <laughs> Pumpkinhead, Sorority Bowl, and the Slime bowl Arama, Back to the Future, The Fog, Ilsa, Harem of the Keeper of the Harem sh- Oil, sh- Harem Keeper of the Oil Sheiks, the Witch Who Came From the Sea and Ilsa the She-Wolf of the SS. Such a weird array of films. Ilsa to Back two. to the Future. <laughs> um, and then the most popular director out of all these guys is Wes Craven with 18 films followed by Dario Argento with 17, but Argento will overtake Craven this uh, next month. Right. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I thought I thought so. Yeah. Thought about actually doing a video at the end of the year, if I could figure out how to like share my screen and record it and like go through my letterbox stats. Yeah, that'd be cool. Right. People would probably like that. So with that said, um, do you want to get into some things that we watched, or do you have anything else that you did this week? No, we can get into things we've watched. Okay, so. Uh, go ahead. You can go first. Alright. I watched... Where'd my list go? Here it is. Alright, so it's been a while. It's been a grip of a minute since we have done this. And going back here, the last thing I guess I watched that I did not talk about was actually Door to Silence as per my run through 1991. And, yeah, this was a Lucio Falci film. I believe... One of his last features, or his Did last feature. Did you watch feature. the other Lucio Fulci film? No, I didn't get to that one. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I watched this. Um, I thought it was decent. Um, it was kind of like road horror-esque, which I enjoy. Some of it reminded me a little bit of Duel, a movie that I'm quite fond of. Um, but at the same time, I thought it was a little bit slow, and I feel like there was a lot of kind of just a lot of not going on at times until like the ending but it was all right i mean it like i said it reminds me of dole in ways where there sometimes there's not a lot happening but then you do have some suspense um but i thought it was just a little bit too not enough going on but it was okay um then after that as per my run through 91 was black demons and um I barely remember this one, but I remember thinking it was fun and it had some decent uh, effects, like makeup effects and stuff like that on the um, faces of people that was kind of grossing me out a bit. So, um, and some fun characters. So, I overall, I thought it was um, a fun movie. It wasn't great by any means, but uh, it was entertaining. Then after that... Um, as per my run through 2006, I guess. Um, no, it's for the summer series. I watched Pan's, Lab- Pan's Labyrinth. Um, good movie. A great dark fantasy film. Uh, do I consider it horror? Not necessarily, but uh, like I said, it's dark fantasy, so that's 
fine by me. I, I can understand why they put it in because it is a really good film. I had only seen it once before in the theater when you and I went that one time and thought it was cool. Didn't really think I was going to like it, but I ended up enjoying it. And uh, this time around, I thought it was pretty good. Once again, uh, it does have some creepy moments, and it just has like this sense of dread throughout it, uh, especially with the main little girl, and because um, she's just dealing with some bad real life stuff, and she kind of has these ways of escaping. And uh, I, I think it's really good. I mean, I think it is. Uh, it's like the definition of dark fantasy. It's very well done. Um, so I think people should always follow this type of method if they want to make a fantasy film. Then after that, as per my run through 91, was All-American Murder, and uh, I don't care, I like this movie. I thought it was fun, uh, more thriller, mystery crime type of movie than horror, um, but at the end it does get kind of into horror. Uh, there are a few gory moments and bloody moments like that, but I just thought it was fun. It's got Christopher Walken in it, and uh, there's a lot of just, the whole movie is like, it, all the lines are like one-liners and puns, it seems like, and it's like not overly serious when it should be serious dealing with what it's dealing with a kind of a kid who is accused of murdering this girl and then he's trying to prove himself innocent but um I, th- I just thought it was entertaining and a blast so uh I-, I ended up really enjoying that one then after that another fun one in my opinion from 91 as well was scanners 2 um I've seen Scanners 1 before, and I couldn't really get into it. Um, I was a little bit bored by it, if I'm being completely honest. Um, That's one I would like to give another shot sometime down the line, but for now, I don't care. But Scanners 2, I thought, was a fun time. Uh, Again, I don't remember a whole lot about it, because it's been a while since I actually watched it, but uh, I was thoroughly entertained by it. And uh, again, you know, not a great film. It was kind of cheesy, and maybe not the best plot in the world, but... Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, and then after that, we have Let the Right One In from 2008. Uh, watch this one as well for the summer series prep. And uh, that is just a fantastic film. Uh, it's one I would prefer to watch during the winter when it's got that perfect winter snowy uh, atmosphere to it. But it's a great movie. Um, great, just slow burn vampire film that keeps you super into it throughout. Um, it's one of those ones where, like, I was trying to do other stuff while watching it, multitask a little bit, but it's one that you can't really do that because you're just so into it, and, uh, it just, it's a great film. It definitely is kind of a masterpiece of the time, so. And then after that, I watched Martyrs, also from 2008, of course, the original film, not the crappy remake. Um, and Martyrs is a movie I never really wanted to watch again because it's very depressing, but uh, I can't deny it is basically a perfect film. I ended up giving this like a 10 out of 10. So um, a very brutal movie, very depressing, uh, not a not really a single happy moment in it, and uh, kind of hard to watch at times, but it is, it is great. It is fantastic. Uh, like I said, the only thing with it is I would not want to watched it again I only watched it again for the summer series and um that's that but it it's a great movie and then after that I watched The Sect again from 1991 and The Sect is a pretty cool movie with uh Kelly Curtis of course Jamie Lee Curtis's sister in it and uh I didn't know if I was gonna like this one or not because it is Italian but um and we know how I feel about Italian moves but 
Uh, I ended up enjoying it. You know, it's not like a Giallo, so it had that going for it for me. And um, I, w- I was just very intrigued the whole time uh, in Kelly Curtis's character and seeing what's going on with her. And, y- you know, it kind of starts out, she encounters this old dude and then invites him over to her house. And then the whole time you're kind of wondering, like, what's this guy's, like, ulterior motive and what's he up to and then what's going to happen to her. So... I thought it was a pretty cool movie, uh, especially for 91, just kind of an obscure little um, cult-esque type of film. Then, uh, I guess, lastly, I watched Incident On and Off a Mountain Road from 2005, which is a Masters of Horror um, episode. It was the first one, actually, uh, directed by Don Coscarelli, and uh, this one's decent um it's not one of the worst it's not one of the best um i I think it's pretty good you know it's got angus scrim in it and it's uh, essentially about this girl who uh gets in a run-in with this guy on the road um i I think she wrecks into him if i remember correctly and um he turns out to be kind of this scary like creature thing and then she has to use her best instincts to survive and uh take him down. So I, I think it's pretty cool. You know, like I said, it's not my favorite, but um, it it's a decent one. And it's a good way to start out the series, I think. So that is, that is my moves. Awesome. So I guess it is my turn. I also have a blind spot for the week. Um, so let's see here. First up is the people under the stairs. So, The People Under the Stairs, I think, is such an... And you guys are going to hear some 91 stuff here for the beginning. Uh, The People Under the Stairs is a super well-made movie, in my opinion. I think it's one of Craven's best films. Uh, It's funny, because if any other director did this, I think it would be considered, like, their best film. You know, not any other director, like, if Carpenter did it, obviously not. But, like, you know, one of the not-master guys. Uh, but, you know, Craven got Scream and A Nightmare on Elm Street. The People Under the Stairs is so much fun to me. It's scary at times. It's funny at times. It's, you, like, really root for the good guys in this one, which doesn't happen to me often. In fact, I, I'm actually often rooting for the bad guy. I know that's, like, bad, like, kind of messed up, but it's true. Like, I I usually like when the bad guy wins. Not in this movie. I would have been devastated if the bad guys won in this one. But it's uh, about a kid who tries to... His mom's dying of the cancer, and they ain't got enough money to get taken out, and they're being evicted. And his sister's boyfriend is, like, a criminal, and... This like 12 year old fool kid named Fool gets caught up in robbing these rich people, but it turns out these rich people have like a horrible secret behind their door, and they're basically um, it's actually that's actually something cool too because did you ever hear about in the 90s uh, and late 80s about like th- this is kind of based on truth a little bit like there was a lot of child abductions like like babies like people would steal babies and then raise them as their own um i didn't really know that was a real thing i've seen many a lifetime movie about that but... i think there was even like a serial 
woman, like a woman who did it like a few times. And, uh, I think that that is, um, I think that's like really kind of where Craven got the inspiration. I remember hearing about this back in the day. Like, Mm. I remember like, uh, teachers telling us about how like this woman like stole babies and stuff. And like, that's why we have to like, you know, not talk to strangers and things. That is interesting. Yeah, like, I, I I didn't know that was actually a bad, that was actually a widespread panic of people stealing babies back in the day. I yeah. thought that was just something out of the movies, but uh, that is horrible. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you think about how many kids go abducted every year that are not found. It's kind of scary. But these people were, were keeping them locked up in the basement, and they were all rich and stuff, so they could kind of get away with it. And this inner city kid named Full is like a straight up hero. Comes in there and tries to stop this stuff and survive. It's it's a really good movie. Uh, I made a 9.5 out of 10 on it. It's one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, then we have, as per my run through 91, Prom Night 4, Deliver Us From Evil. I'm not exactly sure what this one's about. I don't remember it that much because <laughs> it's been almost a month. it's about it's like a slasher and also like an exorcist type yeah well it was like a religious slasher thing yeah like there was a priest who was not good Mm. uh but yeah i remember it being pretty fun i just don't remember much else about it i gave that one like a six or a six and a half it was way better than i remember what not that i remembered than i expected it to be Mm mm-hmm uh, then we have uh, Child's Play 3 as per my run through 91. This one is phenomenal, fantastic. It's amazing. I really love Child's Play 3. It is set in a military academy and then a carnival at the end. Chucky looks top notch. The kills are good and some of them are kind of cool. And, and one of them's like mean spirited, another one's like. I mean, there's a few that, like, when he switches the paint and the rifles to bullets, it's pretty messed up. Mm. Uh, I, I like Andy in this one. He feels It feels like a natural progression of the character. The Military Academy setting makes sense. It's a good movie. It really is. It made my top ten of 1991 pretty high up there, in fact. So, uh, I gave that one an 8.5 out of 10. Child's Play 3 has gotten better with every watch. Yes, it is a good one. Uh, then we have Popcorn, as per my run through 91. And Popcorn is a slasher set in the theater, starring Jill Sholin. Um, it is a bunch of kids, uh, basically are working to put on this, like, festival this horror film festival using like old school uh like William Castle-esque types of movies like mosquitoes like a killer mosquito movie like in 3D and this one and you know uh Smell-O-Rama and this one and Shock Shock-O-Rama which is where the seats buzz you um that type of stuff uh, and Kelly Jo Minter's in it, who was in the People Under the Stairs, as well as Elm Street 5, so 
that's pretty cool. Um, what else here? Let's continue. Uh, popcorn. It's good. Um, didn't make my top 10, but I, I do like it. Give it a 7 out of 10. Right. Uh, okay, so let's see. Then I watched No Telling from 1991. Um, which is weird. I don't know if I log. For some reason, Freddy's dead. I can't find it. Did I've talked about that before? I don't remember. I mean, yeah, you've talked about it before, but I don't remember if you actually reviewed it on no, here. It's not on my list, so I need to figure out where that is. Alright, uh, so yeah, no telling. This is a Larry Fessenden film. Uh, involves a wife, and she's kind of like, um, with her husband, and her husband's doing experiments. And she starts, it kind of reminded me of The Resurrected, honestly. Very similar. But uh, he's doing experiments, and it's like sort of this body horror, like eco horror type thing. Um, it was pretty cool. It didn't blow me away. Pretty indie, but still kind of like there was one scene towards the end that was actually kind of like shocking and like creepy, uncomfortable. So I gave it a six out of ten. Six point five out of ten. Sorry. I All didn't right. watch that one. Uh, and then a Necromantic two from nineteen ninety one. Uh, this was a pleasant rewatch. Um, I haven't seen these movies in a few years, and I think the second one is much stronger than the first. And I was actually surprised at, like, how well done it was and, like, how it is really, like, a love story, and it's gross out all hell. Oh, super gross. <laughs> uh, and it has, like, a great ending. I, I just kind of re discovered it a little bit but I thought it was great and I gave that one a 7 out of 10 7.5 out of 10 sorry it actually made my top 10 list if you haven't heard that show I'm sorry but you should have by now yeah yeah so um what next man it's really bugging me that I can't find I'm gonna have to look back yeah I don't have all the lists up in front of me from other apps but I don't think you talked about it but I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, next up, Voices from Beyond. This is the second-to-last Falchi film. Um, it is... Uh, this one's kind of interesting. I think this one's better than um, Thor Into Silence. Mm. This one follows, like, this guy's, like, niece or granddaughter. I can't really remember. He died, but he's can communicate with his niece, uh, and he's, like, in the coffin. Like, it keeps cutting to his body in the coffin, and it has, like, you know, um, like, the dialogue is, like, a narration of him communicating with her. And he, she needs to, like, solve what happened to him. And, like, you know, think somebody in the family might be involved with his death and stuff. But he wasn't really, like, the best guy either. And as it, like, time's running out because the camera keeps cutting back to the coffin throughout the film. And his body's decomposing. And when... It, he's like completely rotted he's gonna not have communication anymore ew sounds pretty cool doesn't it yep I actually liked it I thought it was really neat um I gave that one a 7 nice uh then I watched The Boneyard which uh I absolutely loved um it was a such a fun movie did you watch this one 
Yeah, I watched that one early on, and I had a pretty good time with it. Yeah, this is like all 1991 here. <laughs> like, literally all. Yeah, your entire... Li- yeah. Uh, the Boneyard was super cool. Um, it's about these people who... I don't even remember. I'm sorry. It's been like a month since we've watched these at this point. Uh, they go to this... They're investigating something. For some reason, they go to a morgue. I can't remember why, though. And uh, there's basically like a Necronomicon or something, and you know there's all these like creatures, these demons and stuff, and then there's a giant poodle dog at the end, monster. And it's it, it's really fun. What? I ba- I barely remember it, but I just remember I was watching it, and I kept googling to make sure I was watching the right movie because they have that poodle on the cover, and I was like, I don't think this is right. Where's that giant poodle at? And then it doesn't come up until See, the end. I never looked at the cover and thought of it, thought it was a giant poodle. I just thought it was a monster poodle, like poodle-sized poodle. So I didn't expect the uh, giant monster poodle. Oh, I was expect. I, I don't know. I I was thought the whole movie was gonna be like about a killer poodle. Or something. I think even the description makes it sound like yeah. that. So the whole which sucks because it's like a nice surprise if you don't know about it. True. Yeah. But I gave it a seven and a half. It did make my top ten, like rate at number ten or nine or something. Uh, I, I really want to pick up the Blu-ray and give it another watch because like I thought it was so much fun but at mm. this point I've watched so many movies between then I just don't remember things <laughs> uh, then I watched Delicatessen from 1991 which is a it has something to mean it means something with like deli meats I think but mm. it's set in like I think I don't remember if it's modern day or if it's like the 50s or 40s or something but it's during nuclear fallout or some sort of post-apocalyptic thing and this dude moves to town and he asks for a job at this deli place thing and he's all like the guy's like nah but then he's like okay fine and then he gives him this job and the dude kind of falls in love with his the, the owner's daughter who is I think she's blind if that um, if I'm remembering correctly and the only thing about it is like they're basically gonna eat this guy so they're like cannibals it's not really a horror film it's very comedic like really comedic at times it's shot really cool the editing's good and the colors are really cool it's like the sepia tone feels like nuclear fallout type of radiation in the air looking movie um but i didn't really love it too much it really wasn't a horror film and i don't know i just i thought it was cool it was like a little art piece but i wasn't super into it and i gave that one a six out of ten i see uh and then the last film for this part here 1991 um is afraid of the dark um this was actually really good um i actually think that had i had more time to digest it and maybe see it again i would have actually put it on my top 10 list because it's actually one of the better movies that were made from 91 it follows this like little blind kid or no this kid he's going blind but he's seeing this man all around it's like almost got like a rear window-esque quality where he's seeing this man commit murders in his town and he's kind of spying on him and he eventually starts going more and more blind and then you like it's twisting his sense of reality and like what actually happened versus like what's in his head and and stuff it's like kind of psychological and i thought i thought it was really cool 
I thought the direction was really neat and it wasn't until like I started reading reviews where people were like really dissecting this movie like the you know colors of his pencils represent that like all this stuff you know <laughs> and I'm like wow this is the movie is deeper than I thought so uh I really liked it but I just I, I don't know it was like it was one of those things where I watched I think like one two three four five six movies in a day and uh it was one of them so just my brain was fried by the end of it right right but it's pretty good so yep that is my watches for the week and my run through 91 in my run through 91 there is a little bit more 91 that i'll probably have on my list next week because we did split we didn't want to go too overboard on this Mm. uh so there's a little bit more 91 like barely any though actually you know what should i end 91 right here because i only have one more oh okay yeah go ahead uh the final 1991 i watched uh was my 64th uh and it was scissors um, I didn't. I did not watch this one. It was. Uh, it was actually cool. Like it was a psychological thriller. Um, I don't really remember much about it by this point. I think Sharon Stone's in it. Um, is she mute? She's either mute or blind. I can't remember. I throw one blind in these movies. I think she's blind. <laughs> she's blind. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, she was like a virgin and something. She's like attacked by somebody and then. Um, I can't remember. It had a weird ending, though. But then I think I, I think I had a problem with the ending. Like I was like, that doesn't really make that much sense. Um, but yeah, I gave it a seven. But I don't really remember it honestly. If I'm being 100% honest, <clears throat> like I said, I, this was like a month ago, and I watched all these movies like really, really close together. Yeah. For some reason, Freddy's Dead is not on my letterbox, and I don't know why. So. Um, I didn't log it, which means all my numbers are messed up, which means it's going to be a pain in the ass to go back and fix everything. That's all right, little guy. I am mad. Don't be mad. So, yes, because 395 is logged there. 395 is logged there. But See? Oh, what happened? It's okay, little guy. Listen, see, I get, I, I have bad OCD problems, but for some reason that doesn't bother me too much, because a lot of times I'll log films just completely out of order of when I actually watch them, and as long as they're on a list, like, I'm not upset. I did not log Freddy's Dead, and it's annoying, but... I'm, but I'm just saying it's not a big deal. Yes, it is. No. Nobody cares but you. You Did I never one. log Freddy's Dead, like, ever? Yeah, you. I mean, you probably never watched it besides right now, like, No, I mean, I mean, like, ever on my, even Facebook. Oh, I guess. I guess I could log it now. Dude, you dropped the then... ball, like, you, you talk so much hype on Freddy's Dead, and you almost forgot to watch it for 91, and you didn't log it for 91. Wait, wait, I think it might be. I might have already talked about it. No, I looked no, back on our I list. I went all the and... way back to sharks. <laughs> yeah, I looked. I was looked in our messenger to see our previous summaries, and I could not find it. All right, well, I'm gonna have to log it now and just be like, I watched this a long time ago, but I forgot to log it. <laughs> so yeah. that'll be on a future episode. 
anyway, so that's uh, that's my 91s here. Uh, for this week's Blind Spot, you actually gave me a film that I was quite dismissive of and didn't want to watch. It You're saying called... that like you don't do it for every move. I don't do it for every move. You do it for every it move. It is called My Sister's Keeper, and it is a movie about a keeper, trapper keeper to be exact. No! <laughs> that's not the right move. Uh, yeah, My Sister's Keeper is a film that is about cancer. It follows a family who, at a very young age, the daughter named Kate... Was it Kate? Yeah. ...was diagnosed with some form of leukemia. And it's really sad. And... They didn't really know what to do because a lot of her like organs and everything were kind of like failing and she needed like all these like bone marrow transplants and blood transplants and like all these medical things and a doctor off the record of course suggests because the, the parents were not matches he, and he said he actually said that it's like you have like a one in 100 shot of actually being a match for some of these things it's kind of mm. interesting and um he said, but, you know, you can basically make another baby and you can kind of basically make it match through science. Yeah. Which, is that all possible? I don't know, dude. Because that's like, I don't know if that's a real thing. I feel yeah. like they've, I don't know. I feel like they've tried to do that, but I don't know if it's real yet. Huh. Um. So it's like you're making. You're pretty much. Yeah, I know micro, that you, what do you can call do those, like micro? test tube babies and stuff yeah, test like that. I know you can do that, but I didn't know if you could like program it to actually have like the proper like chromosomes and stuff to have like the proper matches. You probably can. I don't see why not. People, are, scientists are crazy, but I just mean like, is it like a, like can like the general public do that? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we would hear more stories about that if. Right, but anyway, that uh, this character named Anna, uh, played by Abigail Breslin, mm -hmm. uh, is basically made to help with basically being like a donor body for Kate while she's going through the cancer stuff. Mm. Uh, and the mother's played by Cameron Diaz, and the father's played by... Who the hell is the father played by? I don't know. I don't recall him being Jason someone. Jason Patrick. Hey. Hey. We could be related, but his isn't doesn't have a K on it. What an oh. idiot. Oh. Um, there's other characters, too, such as the... Uh, so, oh, yeah. Anyway... The Abigail Breslin basically goes to a lawyer and she wants to get medically emancipated because she's sick of the needles and, and the final straw is when they want her to donate one of her kidneys to her sister and she just doesn't want to. Uh, and she goes to a lawyer and the lawyer's like, uh, you know, you do realize that if you do go through with this, your sister may very well die. And she's like, yes, I understand. And mm -hmm. so they, the, they sue the mother and the father 
uh, for basically med- medical emancipation. Uh, and then the judge is played by Joan Cusack, who had her daughter taken from her. So it's kind of an interesting dilemma there uh, mm-hmm. in a drunk driving accident. So, okay, let me say this. Like, I've read some reviews online. People hate this movie. Really? And, yeah, like, they. a lot of people think that it's pure melodrama and, like, really unrealistic and, like, just, like, Hollywood bullshit. And I could kind of see that, like, I, I mean, it is like, okay, Joan Cusack's daughter died, and then this, the, these people are losing a daughter, and this one doesn't want to help, but, you know, and then this, the, the, the lawyer has something, has epilepsy, so he doesn't have control of his own body, which is why he helps the girl, and, and, you know, the, uh, it, it, and the, the boyfriend dies and the cancer comes back. Like, and I get it. It's, it is a little melodramatic in a way, you know, yeah. a, a lot of, a lot of Hollywood in there in terms of the script. But at the same time, it's still a good story. Stop being little cunts. It's also, it's also based off a book that's like pretty much the same thing. So it's not like this is just Hollywood made this move out of thin air for the people. Yeah, it seems like people, like, re- like half star, half star, half star. Like, it's just a lot of half stars. Mm. Um, I don't get it, man. I think it's a pretty good movie. It's sad. Um, but it's also happy, too, which I didn't expect. I almost feel like it kind of ruins the movie a little bit in a weird way. Because, like, although the end is sad, it's, it's put in such a positive light in a way and I don't know if I like that I don't know dude I was pretty sad when I watched this movie like that last uh, I don't want to give the move away but like you know there's like a line that just like it's kind of like and then my sister blah 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 and it's like I like cried for like an hour I feel like after that I didn't I was cry like, there at all dude it was just so like to the point like it, it was the way they do it it's just like the parts where I got really sad were not that part, oddly enough. I don't know, maybe I mentally prepared myself throughout the movie for that part because I knew it was coming, but I, I teared up yeah. in some other parts. Like, I knew, it's like I knew it was coming, it's just the way they do it is, like, so... It's not, it's the fact that it's not over dramatic to me, that it just comes out of, like, just, it's just a line of dialogue, and I'm like, that is so sad. I think that this movie does a really good job with given every character um a thought which you don't often see mm-hmm. like the mother and you disagreed me with me on this but the mother basically wants to keep using abigail breslin as a donor body right and she's supposed to be painted as the villain and I get that. In in basic Hollywood world, she would be the villain because she wants to keep using the daughter's body against her will. Mm. Whereas I do not see her as the villain at all. I don't. Because she makes very valid points. Why would Why can't we see Abigail Breslin as the villain? Because she's young. 
No, because she's being, like, tortured, basically, to help her sister. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? But guess what's worse? Your sister dying. So suck it up, little girl. You'll no, that girl it. was only... No, dude, you're freaking crazy, dude. I would never... You wouldn't... You If, you're, if your mother was different. dying, if your sister was dying, you wouldn't give up your stuff to save her? I don't believe you. Dude, you're not getting it. That girl was only born for that. It would be different if, like, right now my mom needed a kidney. Yeah, I would donate a kidney to her, no problem. But, like, if I was just, if I found out my mom just gave birth to me and, like, genetically altered me just to help her other kid that was alive, like, screw you, mom. Yeah, but don't you have a baby just to have a baby? Like, I mean, it's, if, if it, like, you're telling me that she didn't grow to love the baby that she created, even though the original purpose of having the baby might have been to help out it doesn't mean that you like resent the baby like she still loves her she's still a loving mother i don't know dude i think she just felt like she gives all her and it's a common thing with people right you know, she gives all cancer. her attention to yeah. the kid with cancer right yes. now you don't think the, the thing is you don't think she is a loving mother look what she's doing to save to possibly save one of her children she never loses hope she never gives up she never wants to hear that she's going to die and i think that makes her the most heroic character in the film because she has to sacrifice the happiness of her family the relationship with her daughter the relationship with her husband everything to just maybe save her baby and i just think that it's i think it's probably the most misunderstood aspect of this film because she she knows like deep at the end she realized and she realizes that i didn't ask her if she wants to do this i didn't want to do this Uh, but at the same time she realizes that you know what's a lot worse is burying one daughter that's a lot worse than any other this bullshit it's way worse so leave me alone we're gonna figure this out and and then also whenever she says i know that you this isn't you to abigail breslin that like i know that this that it doesn't matter as much as you're saying it matters and of course we know why but i think that also justifies the mother because that shit was all fake I don't know, dude. I just nope. think it's nope. selfish. Nope. It'd be different if the mom was giving her the organs, but she's yeah, just using she another child. I know, but she's just using... Dude, like, she's you really think... She's using another child. Yes, yeah. she is. That is what she's doing. No. Because she didn't... You just ending. proved it. She didn't ask her to do any of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She didn't, she didn't ask, ask her. Dude, like, she's needling dude, this kid. you can't... Like, how are you going to ask a five-year-old if they want to do this? Of course they're going to say no. Yeah, and they should. But, but let me ask you this. If that five-year-old was 20 and then was like, yeah, we could have saved your sister's life if you would have did all this stuff, but we didn't want to subject you to it, the person would have been like, dude, you should have subjected me to it. That's mani- manipulative. How's it manipulative? And also, they only that wouldn't even happen because it's like they just had the kid just for that, so of course they're going to use her for okay, this stuff. That is the dumbest thing ever. She, They had her just for that. That doesn't mean anything. What weight does that hold? That they didn't actually want that child. They didn't want... Dude, when... So, like, does that mean that any accidental pregnancy or, or one that you didn't want at first means you don't love that child or something? That's such a surface-level bullshit. 
No, it's not bullshit, because those kids that you have by accident, you're not using them to, like, needle them and take their kidneys to, like, give to your other kid. You just had them by accident. Like, yeah, but that's, you love those it. are two separate arguments, though. No, dude, it's not. I don't think you I'm understood tell, I'm giving you examples. I, did, I haven't seen it in years, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but I read the book as well, and, like, it's, I don't know, dude, like, I just think you're dumb. Okay, we'll talk off air, because you're missing one really big important thing here, and you're not taking it into account. What? I can't tell you without spoiling the movie. I, I know what you're talking, you're talking about the, like, reveal, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, but, like, who cares? Okay, so then... That it really does completely justify But like that girl's been <clears throat> that girl's been like manipulated her whole life to do it. Buddy, you can't like. I feel. Listen. What? You can't like like sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit for the greater good. Yeah, but not, like I don't want to be born into that. Would you rather not be born at all? Because that yes. was your other option. Really? You would rather never have a life. I would like to be born by, like, normal parents. Dude, Who well, aren't going to, yeah. like, well, put me, me in surgery that too. I don't need. It, look at my life. You know my life. Would yeah, I have yeah. rather not been born? Hell no. I want a life. I, do, I don't know, dude. Like, you don't know that until you're born and then you're stuck there. I know that now, though. I, dude, it is always better to live than to not live. That is the rule. Yeah, once you're alive, you don't want to die, but, like, before you're born, I didn't know, like, I was, but, I was but, just chilling okay, in the but sperm, why would I don't you want to not live, though? It's the only thing that exists in your universe. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, man, it's not about not, like, dying, it's like, like, okay, it would have been cool to be born by parents who aren't gonna... Of course it would have been cool, it would have been cool to be born by parents who are rich, it would have been cool to be bo born by parents who are famous and can give you everything. And sometimes it would be cool to be born without cancer and just, without suffering in a bed for 10 years. Yeah, but then the other child is also having to suffer for, oh, like, no boo reason. Oh, like, I gotta get poked by needles every once in a while. Dude, they're trying to dying. take their organs and they took, like, do other stuff, too. They took, like, her marrow dying. and it hurts really bad, the bone marrow thing. Would you rather have to do that or would you rather die from cancer? I would I rather would choose not... that. Dude, stop. And then the kid. Who uh, would you rather be in this movie? Would you rather be Abigail Breslin or would you rather be Kate? I wouldn't. Ra I'd rather be the brother. Because <laughs> both of them are going through medical torture is my thing, and like it's for like I think that's horrendous. Okay. I but think would you rather be Kate? And I think would look at Kate. Did you see Kate in this movie? Sure. She's covered in bruises. She's bald. She is like her lips are all chapped up. She's dying. She looks dehydrated. Meanwhile, Abigail Breslin's, like, walking down the street eating ice cream. Who would you rather be? Shut up, dude. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> Alright, I'm and just saying the mother is completely misunderstood. All that shit is coming from love. You just have to see it. And I know it's coming from love. Like, it reminds me of, like, a real-life type of situation. Not with me, but, like, someone I knew. And it's just, like... So you, you would just... You wouldn't do everything to I try to think get your the mental impact daughter, you're having on your, you your just, healthy kids. You would just care about the healthy kids and be like, oh, well, she got cancer. Tough luck. No, dude, I would care about their mental health, though. Like, the brother is completely neglected. We'll worry about and, the like, mental health later, man. We got to save the one. No, it's like it's so who, What is the, the most? Impact. What is the most vulnerable aspect vulnerable. of this family right now? What is most susceptible to death? 
It is Kate. We worry about Kate now. Well, we worry about he's probably gonna else hang later. himself. He'll be alright. No, he he might not though. That's what I'm saying, dude. You gotta think. You gotta try to think about everyone. It's like yeah, I'm saying the girl obvious obviously needs the most care, like medically, to live. But you gotta like I don't know. You gotta think about your other kids too. It, like you had other kids. And you right, gotta and think that's about where the father comes into play, where he does begin to do that. Thank and, God. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, everybody, like, wants to blame the mom and be Cameron Diaz's bitch and all this. Get out of here. You don't understand the complexity of the situation. <laughs> Alright, so I... That is my blind spot, my sister's keeper. Uh, I gave it a 9 out of 10. Good, I win. No, I think I'm still ahead. I'm winning. Alright, so let's pull yours here. Are you ready? Yeah. What are you hoping for? Um... Uh, let me pull up the list. Probably nothing because I hate you. Alright, oh. three, two, one. Oops. It is Batman Returns. You're gonna have to skip that one for now, because we will wait till that comes up in December. That's actually come up twice now, I think. Yeah, it came up a lot, like, the very last time, I think. Alright, so let's go again. Three, two, one. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. What are you yes. so excited about? No country for old dicks. No! What? I'm just no. kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. You can't do that. No, I'm just kidding. It's Reservoir Dogs. Oh, okay. I love Reservoir Dogs. I don't like titles that are stupid. Like. Like this movie's. Keeper? No, that title makes sense, because being dude, someone... Dude, keep... like, I just keep thinking, like, this girl dropped her trapper keeper, and the sister picks it dude. up and, like, brings it home. Haven't you ever, like, heard, like, in a movie or even real life where, like, someone's like, Dude, what's your... Where's your sister at? I can't get a hold of her. And you're like, what are you, my sister? What am I, your si- What? What am I, that my sister's keeper? It doesn't make any keeper? sense, buddy. It means, Why like, would a stranger say, what them. am I, your sister's keeper? <laughs> no, dude, I'm saying you would say that. I don't know means- I wouldn't. I would never say that. I'm, okay, in a movie, though, that happens. Like, if I was in a movie, a I'd thing. be like, this line is dumb. I'm not saying that. <laughs> it's a lot. It just sends, essentially means All right, you're... so moving on here to, <laughs> to our featured review. We have the new horror film, 2020, titled Alive. Yes. Which actually came out in 2018. Yeah, but it's getting its wide release here in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Uh, is it hashtag alive? Which movie is this? I can't no, remember. that's why I was confirming, because there is a hashtag alive on Netflix from 2020 that's actually, like, was, like, a 20, because it's on Netflix. But this is just alive. There's no hashtag. This is just alive. Yeah, I'm trying to find it on IMDb. Oh, here it is. So... This film, uh, like she said, got a official release here a couple weeks ago in 2020. Uh, it played at a bunch of horror festivals, but it got a... I think it's on VOD now. It's available now. So, yes. Uh, Alive was directed by Rob Grant. And Rob Grant... Uh, actually did a few films. Um, most notably, he was a 
director of the 2019 top 10 horror film for Carly, Harpoon. Oh, well that was quite the good move, Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this this was the film he directed before that, but it's getting released after that. Interesting. Yes, he is a... I want to say he's probably a Canadian director, but I'm not exactly sure. Hmm. Doesn't say on his account, but Harpoon was Canadian, right? Oh, oh, it says he was born in North Vancouver, BC. He told you. So, he must know Moons. Probably, yeah. Probably uh, right next door. Yeah. Uh, Harpoon was pretty good. I liked it a lot. I did too. However, I know you didn't think it was for her. Yeah, it really wasn't. It was! Where? Everywhere, dude. Um, so, Alive, what is it about? Alright, so IMDb synopsis. A severely injured man and woman wake up in an abandoned wake-up sanitarium and discover... As if this caretaker holds the key to their freedom. (laughs) (laughs) That came out better than I thought it was. That was actually really good. A sadistic caretaker holds the key to their freedom. <laughs> I was shocked that I didn't, like, destroy that. Um, but yeah, okay, so yeah, you have these two characters. It starts out with a man who is, like, wakes up in this place all, like, bloody and has, like, IVs in him. And he doesn't know where he is. It's uh, kind of dark. And then he's like, what the heck? Takes him out. He's, like, crawling on the floor. And then this, like, mysterious guy is like, hey, now... And then he, like, makes the dude pass out. And then the dude wakes up again, and he's in, like, a hospital-type bed, uh, a little more bandaged up and cleaned up. And then there's a girl next to him, also in a hospital bed. And uh, they both don't really remember who they are, and they have no idea why they're there. But uh, they get the vibe right away that the guy, their caretaker isn't really a good guy guy because i mean they're kind of like in this abandoned looking hospital and uh they there's no one else around and the caretaker is kind of a weirdo so uh whole movie is basically them trying to figure out who they are why they're there and how the heck they're gonna escape this crazy guy you know what's interesting about this movie what kind of would remind you a little bit of like saw right yeah yeah the, the bad guy in this movie is in Saw 3 and 4. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He main... he, yeah, he's like, he's like, I think he's like one of the main guys in Saw 3. The, the Jeff dude. Oh, dude, is he, oh, is he the guy at the beginning with the mouth thing? Or no? No, that's not him. No, I think he's like one of the like main dudes. Or... Like. Huh. Never Wait. mind, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of. I could be wrong. Art, be wrong. that I art guy in Saw. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Okay, so this movie, very small cast, um, we really primarily have the female patient, the male patient, and the man. Yes. Um, okay, so, first of all, it, like, it's mysterious. Like, you don't know what's going on, you don't know, uh, why these people are there, you don't really know anything you don't know they don't know who they are you don't know who they are the guy the doctor is very mysterious and stuff like that the only thing we know about him is his father um was a very 
successful scientist who was the first person to like transplant a head of like a sheep or something like that i can't remember Mm. do you remember no okay i don't yeah foreshadowing um so uh yeah it's basically them trying to fight for survival and he's like really sadistic like like there's one scene where he's like trying to like rehabilitate their muscles and stuff like that so he's like getting them to work out but then he like starts beating the guy with like the weight set pretty much Mm. and then there's another scene where uh the guy like can't really walk so he puts him in the bathtub and like he i think he what did he give him like um like a toxin or a poison or like some kind of drug yeah and he can't really move so he's like sinking into the tub like because it's filled with water and he's gonna like drown and stuff he's doing all these really rude things to them right yes very disrespectful right uh the only unfortunate thing about this movie is you can't really talk about too much without getting into spoilers because it really is a movie where these two people are held captive captive uh they plan to try to escape they're fed really nasty gross food and they're basically tortured in in a few different ways and the whole time they don't know who they are where they came from uh the guy keeps thinking that he's like a bad person in a little way and uh then you know the doctor has like this dog and eventually they find out that there's like tons of body parts like down in the house and they're all gross and stuff bloody everywhere that that seems actually kind of cool it's a little scary Mm. yeah i seems like a theme with all these movies we've watched this year where every movie has to be mysterious like this reminds me a little bit of that hippopotamus film and even (laughs) platform where like everything's just like all it's like a running thing now where movies play on that mystery thing where you got these people in a secluded area and they're like why the heck am I here and all that stuff um I don't know this movie I I wasn't too crazy about it if I am being honest um I didn't think it was horrible but I feel like it could have it's it's a little too mysterious for me like I feel like there could have been some more details and I feel like there were a few moments where you think something's gonna play out to be something and then it doesn't and like it just doesn't really go anywhere and it's just all left to be a mystery mm. and I, I'm cool with mis- mysterious movies so I don't know like there's a part with like a sentimental item and I don't think they ever give like a reason as why it's like sentimental and it's just I don't know there's a few moments like that in the movie I think, that I didn't really care for I think you just for. said that they were his like mothers or something right I think or I, th- I don't even think he said mother. I think he said it belonged to, like, some girl that meant a lot to him. Yeah. Probably girlfriend or mother. All right. Well, like, still, it's just, it makes it yeah, seem like it a thing. Yeah, that wasn't really set up in traditional movie sense. Right. And then, uh, I, got, I found myself it, getting... It was honestly a little lame, too, just how that mm-hmm. played out. Like, yeah. you just seen that so many times in movies, and you're like, ugh. And then you got scenes in this movie. Speaking of that, it's like you have... A part where you know the dude's like trying to communicate with the girl, and he's all like, "So what do you what do you think of this caretaker? I think he's like bad, and we should leave." And she's like, "He saved us, though." And she, like she's like, "I think we should stay." Like you see that? Like 
Like that automatically made me hate the girl. And yeah, that was not a care really about her. dumb thing to say. Like a really bad line, and I've seen that in movies too before. But like to me, it was like extra dumb in this context because there's no, from the start, there's like no indication that this guy's good. Like they're in right. an abandoned hospital that's clearly not. He's clearly not like a traditional right. doctor, and he's like injuring them. So I thought that was stupid. But even even Paul Shel, what is his name? Paul Sheldon from Misery. Yeah, even he. Yeah knew something was up with Annie Wilkes like right away <laughs> yeah and they're like in a cozy little house in the middle of like Colorado but yeah there's just a lot to this movie I didn't care for I mean it does have some decent brutal scenes even those I find a little unrealistic but those yeah, are decent I, I guess some of the stuff that I mean there was some gross stuff like I, the you know like the way he's getting his knee hit and like the way it starts like bleeding like really grossed me out because it just reminded me of like when I took my pap for surgery on his knee and when he got a knee replacement and like how like fragile the the knee was and just like if it like just got injured like it would just totally screw everything up <laughs> you know and I just kept thinking of that um yeah I think the biggest problem with this film is it's kind of broken uh, the plot doesn't make sense in the end. Um, even the way they explain everything, you're kind of like, uh, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that doesn't really make sense. Like, what you're saying to me, like the, like it, there was not an easy way to explain what the the little girl was saying. And I'm like, wait, so what What happened now? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it, just, it yeah. just came off, like, super convoluted and just, like, messy. And, but it's supposed to be this, like, big, like, epic reveal moment. And you're like, uh, yeah, this doesn't, this does, this is kind of bad technique here a little bit. And I felt bad. Um, especially one, after I finished this movie and I, I looked at who directed it, I felt bad because I was like, oh, man, I like that guy. And, and he made, like, not the best movie here. But then i looked at the fact that it was his first movie and or you know at least it was before i don't know if it was his first and i was like wow okay well he improved so much on his second film so i don't feel bad anymore <laughs> yeah I, I i was shocked that he had done something that i liked and really enjoyed from last year because i was thinking he was kind of like a new director and a nobody type of guy but I you will know, say this: the cinematography is like kind of decent. The yeah. the color, like the dark colors of everything, is kind of decent. Uh, the acting by the doctor is really good. Mm. The acting by everybody else, um, the the well, the male patient, he's good. Female mm. patient is okay. Everybody else in the film is really weak. Like the the all the characters that come in at the end especially the little girl i'm sorry i feel bad for saying that but she was not cast right in that dramatic scene you know it, it just didn't work you need someone more established or somebody that was in the movie and felt the character a little bit more right but anyway um i thought it was i actually liked it i i know you probably didn't i think it's flawed but honestly it was easy to watch and it was uh it went by pretty fast for me. 
so I did and I, I kind of like these small contained horror films I was kind of wondering what the heck was gonna where it was gonna go overall I wasn't happy where it went but at the same time I kind of like one aspect of where it went so yeah yeah I for one I was like kind of tired when I watched it and it's just I put it on and usually I do like the mystery movies from the get-go where you don't know what's going on right away and you have to kind of watch the film and put the pieces together and make draw your own conclusions as to what's going on but I was just super like Ugh, I don't feel like watching this and wondering what happened to these characters and stuff it just did not captivate me as much as other films have and the fact that it was so flawed at the end was more you know just kind of a letdown to me because it wasn't even that great of a reveal in my opinion but um yeah so that's all I have to say. Shall we get into the ratings? Um, or yeah. the letterbox reviews? Uh, we'll go letterbox reviews first. Um, okay, so this is a negative one. Um, it says, Remember Vile, Saw 3D, Hostile, Would You Rather? Well, Alive is pretty much those movies, but in 2020. Alive feels very outdated. A lot of cliches in these torture movies are present. The movie mostly consists of people being trapped and screaming while bleeding. It's pretty much everything you have seen before in these movies. I feel like Alone was a, was a movie that was originally supposed to come out in the late 2000s or early 2010s, but for whatever reason did not. The acting is poor, the writing is terrible, and the direction is laughable. Alive has some sort of atmosphere and some good shots that are pretty cool but everything else feels the exact same thing as the other torture movies unless you're a fan of the subgenre you know what now that i'm thinking about it it almost does feel like this film was shot like years ago yeah it does like i could like 2008 or something i don't know yeah that's weird mm-hmm. um but anyway that was uh jerome 1994 and jerome their favorite movies are Shape of Water, Neon Demon, and Mad Max, Fury Road, and Requiem for a Dream. All good movies. Right. Alright, the positive is Matt Donato. And Matt Donato is a guy who likes Jurassic Park, Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, Spring, and Ride of Chucky. Uh, so yeah he says Rob Grant's Alive took me took even me the 100 horror reviews a year guy by surprise such a monstrously different beast from last year's breakout Harpoon also directed by Grant jettisoning comedy for body horror nastiness the distant sister watch to Tyler McIntyre's patchwork deserves the attention I do not see on my local media feeds a twisted little punch of re- rehabilitation terror that dude you're too you're being too wordy about characters who assume they're in danger without the impl- implicating data to support their paranoia. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Seven and a half out of ten. He just put a bunch of big words together and didn't make a sentence. I think. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, Alright, so uh, I'm coming in at a 6 out of 10. 
Alright, I shall come in at a 4 out of 10. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Very but sorry. The director's next film you put in your top 10 of 2019, so... Yeah, so it balances out. Right. Alright, so that'll be it for this one, guys. I hope you enjoyed. We will see you guys next time with another one. Peace out. Peace.